do this thing. You ready? Yep. Let's rock it. Welcome to Beers with Nigel's podcast about beer and, and other stuff and other things. Presented this week by Dire Oil Graphics. You know what? I think it's gonna be multiple weeks. Oh, that yeah. Well, they are they are the uh, the Uber the official sponsor official presenting sponsors of, of Beers, Beers with, with Nigel. Nigel. A show about beer and um, other stuff. And other stuff, yeah. So we've got a fun guest tonight, one of my favorite dudes in the beer scene. It's Rodney Beagle from Three Halves Brewing. He's actually in the brew house. What's up, dude? Hey, what's going on? You know, you guys interrupted my keg cleaning, so I'm, we're best friends now. He gave me an excuse to stop cleaning That's kegs. That's awesome. Thank you. Well, yeah. well, like I always tell Nick, you know, uh, brewing is mostly cleaning, so there's that. Yeah, he's glorified janitor, right? <laughs> Yeah, plus, like math and crap. I mean, you know, at least you get to drink the product, right? <laughs> well, that's true. With that's some true. science and stuff mixed in, you know. But yeah, what's going on, guys? We are drinking beers. I got. I brought uh, Nigel for our drinkers yeah. tonight. I brought us some jam bands. Some jam bands. Boulevard jam bands. Tell the people what you're what? drinking. Uh, we have we have one of our listeners. Um, his name is Junior. Junior. He needs to know what everybody's drinking. So go go ahead and tell tell Junior what you're drinking. I got a 20 ounce pour of our QBC wheat. Um, I just wanted something sessionable and, and fruity for, for the occasion. It's a passion fruit light wheat beer. Did you say QVC? Is this like we're going to sell it on TV? No, QBC. Oh, like okay. Quarantine <laughs> beer chugs. Uh, we made a beer for them, uh, you know, nice. over the over the pandemic. Uh, hey, qu- quarantine. So, qu- Question for you before we jump into into what you do and who you are. I've been to your brewery before, Three Halves. It's lovely. They've got some great barbecue there. What was the what was the the my the the decision? Hey, we're going to do some big ass beers as well. Because I was, you know, that that gets me in trouble. Um, like what? What are you talking about? I mean, you got how many ounces? That was twenty two ounce, right? Yeah, the, it's twenty ounces. Yeah, we wanted to offer two different size pours. Um, so we. We have, uh, you know, 14 ounce pours is like a regular pour, and then the, and then the 20 ounce, uh, you know, they're uh, just a couple bucks more to get a lot more beer. So we figured oh, it'd not, be a good value. Yeah, I'm not mad about it. I was just shocked when I went in there. I was like, oh shit, I get a 20 ounce beer? <laughs> <laughs> not, not mad, just dangerous. <laughs> exactly. So, like I said, it's Roddy Beagle from uh, uh, Three Halves Brewing. So we always start with this. How did you get into beer? How did that happen? You remember? Oh man, I, absolutely. I remember. Um, uh, the mother of my children uh, was a trainer at Yard House at the Legends when they first opened up. And uh, other than Boulevard Wheat, I had never had craft beer. Um, and I actually remember the very first beer um, that got me hooked on craft beer. And I had it at Yard House at the Legends when my they had been open like for a month um and it was rogue's juniper pale ale oh wow and i had absolutely no idea you could put crazy stuff into beer until i had that beer and then from there i think i drank about every tap at yard house within the next few months uh my palate just went crazy over it so yeah that's a good modification of our of our usual question of you know what was the first Right. craft beer that you had but i like i like that one of, of the first like crazy one where you went whoa you can put that in beer like you remember yeah. that? You remember your first kind of crazy beer wow yeah I, I mean one of my early favorites in craft beer was probably like young's double chocolate stout 
I'm like, you can put chocolate in beer to hell, you know? So, I mean, for me, what about you? I mean, I, you know, let's, look, let's, let's quantify it here. He's a service fanboy. He loves Courtney service. So, you know, he doesn't, <laughs> I'm just going to counter with that. Who doesn't, you know, he, so he, he's had his, um, his, his, his belly full of uh, adjuncts from, from service. So, that's probably your first. That's probably your first really. Well, no, I, I think I think like you. I remember you know, the first time I had the the double chocolate stout. Right. Like, oh, you you can do that. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. But I'm trying to. You know, I bet uh, the uh, Abita's strawberry. Was oh, probably okay. the first like. Oh, they they're like they make fruity things too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I remember O'Fallon, that. Was- O'Fallon Weech was one of my first favorites. Too. Oh yeah, the Weech. Just a, just a, just a classic. Yeah, peach, peach wheat. Yeah. So, so when that happened to you, you're like, "Oh shit! All this shit's in beer." Were you, were you homebrewer yet? Had you brewed? When did, no. When did that so, so you asked me what got me into beer, and where gotcha. my mind went was was how what got you interested, just straight up in beer. Right. Um, fair, fair. So, so that's where it all started. Uh, from then, I you know worked at a brewery in the Power and Light, Gordon Beersh. Uh, I was a bartender there when they first opened up. And that is actually where I learned the process of beer making um, and just got super interested in it. But I knew that I had a long way to go in my beer drinking career uh, <laughs> before I dabbled at all in, into brewing. Um, but what got me into brewing was working at Big Rip Brewing uh, in North Kansas City. Right. And I was a bartender there first, then assistant brewer. And then after I started being the assistant brewer there, I kind of caught the bug and found some old homebrew equipment laying on the shelf and asked to take it home and use it and see what I could come up with. And you're never going to guess what my first beer I brewed was at home. What was it? It was a juniper pale ale. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. Were you able to recreate it? Ah, funny, funny, funny ass story about that. Um, I borrowed a keg from a uh, corny keg from Big Grip uh, that housed root be- homemade root beer in it before. And without knowing anything about brewing whatsoever, uh, I involuntarily brewed a root beer juniper pale ale. <laughs> and oh my God, it was not good, but boy, did we drink the shit out of it. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's knowing what I know about you and how you brew, it kind of, that kind of makes sense. But <laughs> <laughs> like, here's what I want to say is like, I, there was a part of me that was wondering, is this going to be a happy accident? No, oh, no way. Real, a little juniper? And I don't know. No it might way. work. No way. But boy, no. did me and my boys get drunk off of that, that keg, though. <laughs> I promise you that. We still laugh about it to this day. So after, after uh, Big Rip, I forgot you were at Big Rip. Yeah. After yeah. that, what what was that? What was that next step after that? Was that Colony? So after yeah, after Big Rip, um, Zach and Drew, the owners of Colony, uh, would have the majority of their business meetings at Big Rip uh, because that's what breweries are awesome for and known for throughout history is meeting of the minds over some beers. And uh, so got to talking to those guys a lot in the, in the few months that they were planning out Colony, and. Um, you know, they offered me a, a bartending position there at Colony. And um, from there, uh, since I did have a brewing background at that time and I was winning medals at competitions uh, with my homebrew, um, 
everybody kept coming in and saying, Hey, where's your beer? Where's your beer? Why isn't your beer on tap? Right. Uh, so we made the decision, uh, you know, six, eight months in, um, to the business to, uh, try our hand at, at having a crowdfunding Kickstarter, um, and seeing just what would happen, um, with the interest level from the city, uh, about me brewing some beers for Colony. And that's when we threw, uh, Kickstarter, a 30 day, our goal was 10,000 bucks. We reached that in three and a half days. And we ended just shy of 20 grand on our Kickstarter. Uh, so it was kind of like, okay, this, so this thing is real. And that's where Colony Handcrafted Ales was born. Boy, I tell you, that that's, was a, that's cool. You know what? This is two episodes now, row, where we get cool, cool birth stories. No, I mean, I mean we, we used to, it was, you know, it's crazy because obviously we'll travel for beer. But when you started doing your colony thing, we would like, you know, all convoy up there, convoy up there and, and drink the beers. I'm kind of interested to, you know, because you're a, you're a unique brewer. You know, you do mm-hmm. some crazy shit, and you really got to spread your wings at Colony. What what spurred you to to kind of be like, you know, you know, you're kind of, you know, on some level, you're kind of like Mac from Diametric, where he wants to do shit that's just out of bounds, and let's see if it works. How did how did that come about? What what part of you said I want to do some crazy shit? Uh, it, because when I um started drinking a lot of craft beer. I wanted to drink the stuff that was the wildest, uh, the, with the weirdest flavor combination stuff I had never tasted in my entire life. Uh, I needed that in my life and I, I, I seeked it out, um, at every turn. Um, rogue was going back to rogue. They pushed the envelope from like day one. We're talking right. early 2000s. Um, you know, they started doing some crazy, crazy stuff. And I could not get enough of that crazy stuff. And me having kind of the, the foodie background I have and um, work in restaurants and, and in the industry my entire adult life, uh, I always had access to special ingredients and uh, thought, man, that would be awesome in a beer. So you say I'm like uh, Mac from Diametric, but I think that uh, if I had the person that the brewer that I have the most common with in the city is Courtney. Uh, we kind of started at the same time and yeah. and we we kind of started homebrewing at the same time and then breweries started opening and we were out at all the beer fest together you have no idea how many times we'd show up to a, a beer fest and it'd be courtney's beers and she would show up with the exact same beer that i had brewed too so and we, we had never even talked like that's when the like the sherbert sour series started and right everything. Right. And it was just, it, it was a lot of fun. And we're, we're very, very like-minded when it comes to that sort of thing. You know, okay. So I don't know you. Nigel does. Uh, talking mm-hmm. about uh, you like to kind of push, push. Do you describe yourself that way? Is that, that's what you want to do is, is you want to push, push the envelope. Do you kind of think of yourself as a little bit of a mad scientist maverick in the brew house? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been called mad scientist from day one. Um, <laughs> that was kind of my, my nickname at, uh, colony was that mad scientist brewer and yes it is me um i like to push the envelope i like to see when, when i was home brewing and then and, and people would taste my weird creations that look on their face when they're like they take a drink and then they're like whoa what is that like <laughs> that look i got addicted to people looking like that right. after they tried my beer for the first time so i'm like all right how far can i actually take this 
you know. Do you feel like you can be just as as kind of crazy now that it's a business? And now that it's your 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 brewery, do you feel like you still can do those things or do you have to think a little bit more because it's money involved? Um I am very fortunate to uh have partnered with John Kinnebeck here at Three Halves and he is extremely accepting to my weird ideas. And as a matter of fact, um, the tanks you see behind me, um, this guy over here is double batch fermenter. This is a triple batch fermenter on my three barrel system that I have over here. Uh, he actually bought me, you can't see them, they're off, off screen, but um, two three barrel fermenters. So they're single batch fermenters. And he bought these for me right after we opened. Um, just so I could have them full of my creations at all times. And I've been doing that. I've been busting out like, you know, four or five new beers per month, uh, quietly kind of. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm pushing the envelope. So backing up to, to the colony days, you did yep. some crazy shit. What, 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 <laughs> what stands out to you as to, because yeah. I have one that we can talk about, but what stands out to you as, man, this is, gonna, this is nuts. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, the cereal beers, uh, that was something that, yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Um, the, the cereal beers, I did Fruity Pebbles, Lucky Charms, and um, Cinnamon Toast Crunch in three different styles of beer. Um, those were pretty crazy, but, I mean, I got even crazier than that. For Elvis's birthday that year, um, I did a peanut butter banana sandwich ale. I remember. That sounds fantastic, uh, by the way. It was really, really good. Yeah, the peanut butter and the banana and some biscuit malt, man, it all just blended perfectly. And it's, you know, still to this day, one of, one of the highest rated beers that they did over there that we did. Um, other than that, one, one year for my birthday, I, one year for my, bir my birthday party, I threw myself a birthday party and I did a 11.5% or 12.5%. Uh, oh, shit, what was it? Uh, coconut cream pie ale um and just loads of lactose super high alcohol that was awesome too um i brewed 63 beers in 15 months at colonies 63 different beers yeah, and nice. you know the further i get away from that and the further i get into my career here at three house uh, I, I sometimes i have all the artwork still uh from the beers and sometimes i go through them and and say oh shit i forgot all about this beer <laughs> right you know so i got crazy man i got really crazy and and that's one of the reasons that it was such a draw there yeah sure. one one of my favorite ones was the, the get lucky the lucky charms beer yeah it, absolutely. It came out like on, on snake saturday so it was how would you describe that beer too what a podcast bomb what's up no. No, <laughs> like no. Special, special yeah. guests, it's fine. Yeah, sorry about that. No, it's um, all good. And we had what was it called? The, the Lucky Charms beer. Yeah. Wasn't it a, a, a uh, It was a no. It was a Irish mild ale. Um, we did that one year for the Snake Saturday parade. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we did an Irish mild, and then threw some Lucky Charms in it, and had a little breakfast event there, and went over really really well that was delicious i we were we were up there it was pretty pretty damn awesome i would be horrible at that because i'm always been a fan of, of old old man cereals you know i want my brand flags <laughs> my special k 
Yeah. Can you do, can you do a can you do a cornflake beer for Nick, please? You know, if I got crazy, it'd be like maybe some cinnamon life, some honey nut Cheerios. Raisin brand kind of sounds good. Yeah, that could work. That actually could work. That could work. Hey, speaking of beer, so one of the things we do is, you know, Nick is fairly new to beer. Uh-huh. Craft beer. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't my thing. Yeah, he's more of a bourbon. Bourbon beer. rum, I drink. I Well, still. So, I, so I bring, I have beers that I always bring that he can try out and see if he likes them. And that they come in this golf bag. So, which was stolen from a golf course. <laughs> I was going to say, that looks like it's a loan from a golf course. From 1992. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 uh, shout out to Tony Medina. It's not on loan. It was, it was uh, procure, procured. <laughs> so, and, and, and we, By the way, there's only been one so far. And yeah. what are we at, 19 episodes? Yeah, I have no idea. Whatever. There's only been one that, that was bad. We keep, it, we keep it classy in brown paper bags. You know, keep it classy. So their first beer is you get to what do we what do we got here? Yeah. A little Miami Vice kind of feel there with the, the colors. Yeah. Is that I don't uh, even know what the hell that is. New England IPA from you, Finkel and Garf. Where's that? I don't know. I got it. I got a uh, juicy tropical smooth six point six. Finkel and Garf, they're in uh, Denver. I think they're in Moto. Oh, okay. So I didn't oh, know. No, Rhino. I think they're in the Rhino district. Boulder, Colorado. Boulder. Oh, right. That's where I know. Boulder's my like second home, dude. I, I go there four or five times a year. Do you really? I should have known that one. Yeah. Love Boulder. All right. Are you ready? Yeah, crack it open. Well done. Quality, that's quality work right there. You gotta know how to use the microphone. No, that's terrible. <laughs> you know, you you you, you kind of forced that one. <laughs> oh my goodness. Let's let's see how this is. Smells like beer. Doesn't taste like beer. That's a nice hazy IPA right there. That's pretty tasty. Hmm? I like that. That's refreshing. It is refreshing. That's a porch beer. Porch beer. Does it say what kind of hops are in it? Come on, Nick. You're going to make me read for this show? Yeah. It I'm does, just curious, man. It does not. We're going to always look keep it in, Keeping their secrets close, I see. Yeah. You know, secrets don't make friends. <laughs> <laughs> so do you... Um, so what is now that you're now where you're at? You've let, you after colony, you've gone to three halves. What are what are some things you've done that kind of measure up? You, you know, you get if you set your standard, or if your standard was set maybe at colony, and you did some of those those crazy things. You did the cereal beers. You did some of those others. What would you say kind of is in line with it, or where maybe you've pushed it a little bit farther now at three halves? Um, we missed a big chunk of my brewing career, uh, in between colony and three halves. I was a uh, gypsy brewing around Kansas city. Yep. Okay, um, so this is bad prep work by Nigel. Well, no, you, <laughs> you, you, you see what, see what happens. He jumps on the question and I was like, okay, let's back up. Cause I know there's a whole, cause you know, there's a process of how you ended up where you are, but there, you're right. There was, you know, after colony, which, you know, much to a lot of people's chagrin decided not to do beer because you were doing some good shit. But again, yeah, you talk about after Colony, you became the gypsy brewer. Tell us about that. Well, the, to go back and answer uh, Nick's question first. That's right. The, first. The, 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 the weirdest beer I think that I've done to date here um, at Three Halves um, has been a pineapple upside down cake milkshake IPA. Um, 
just all those words had people running to come try out what it was, but uh, <laughs> exactly. that, 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 that was pretty crazy. Um, but no, going back to, um, is that still on tap? No, no, that, that, that came and went really quick. Dang it. Uh, <laughs> it was delicious though. Um, going back though, no gypsy brewing. I, I brewed my recipes on seven different breweries systems in Kansas city. Um, and I, got really crazy especially at crane i uh, did i think seven beers for them on their pilot system and we did everything from a lemon meringue pie sour to uh, kansas city's first morel mushroom beer i remember that yeah it was crazy i don't know if that sounds awesome or not but i want to try it like i can't tell you what uh, i think about that idea but i want to try it yeah, um, it, it was a beer that wasn't um, too delectable by itself, but once you <laughs> once you paired it with any type of food whatsoever, the beer completely transformed, and uh-huh. and it was definitely like um, like certain wines are like food pairing wines. Um, this was a food pairing beer, and it got really good if you had a few bites of whatever in your mouth. Um, but yeah. Uh, I did all sorts of crazy beers uh, when I was uh, Jiffy Brown, including, you know, the Bananarama collaboration that we did with uh, um, Diametric. Uh, They first brewed it on Colony System before they opened, and then they kept it going out there, and I went out there and helped them brew it on their system. Um, That was the banana... uh, it's like a banana bread milkshake IPA, which it was, was really, it was, really it was delicious. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, been having a lot of fun. Well, tell me a little bit about because I am the the more of the beer novice, right? So tell me about the the, the gypsy brewing and 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 how that happens. How do you how do you get to be that guy? Because that sounds <laughs> awesome and a blast to just kind of move around and. Yeah, I always describe it as um, me cashing in my karma points. Um, throughout you know ever since I started working at Big Rip uh, back in the day I started making all sorts of friends in the brewing industry because Big Rip was was one of the very first craft breweries open in Kansas City and they're still one of the very oldest Uh, I think they've been around for seven years now Um, them and and Martin City are about the same age I think yeah uh, but anyway um I I lost track. I'm drinking all this good beer. What were we talking about? <laughs> well, I was just curious about about Gypsy Brewing, how that works, how you get into it. Yeah, uh, cashing in my karma points. So treat everybody really well; they'll treat you well back. So after Colony shutters its doors, uh, pretty unexpectedly, uh, they wanted to focus more on their music venue. Which more power to them for doing that. Um, I just started hitting up uh, all my brewery owner friends because all my home brewer friends, uh, a lot of them had opened up breweries at this point. Right. right. Um, so having relationships with home brewers around Kansas City and uh, with them opening brick and mortars, um, it all kind of just blended perfectly. And with my reputation of kind of being a, a crazy, like you said, mad scientist brewer, um, I was welcomed with open arms. 
uh, from a lot of my friends and they trusted me with the reins to the, to the brew system and helped out and we had a lot of fun. And so I would go in and do a big brew day. We'd, we'd post on social media and then coming soon is this beer that's coming out. And then we throw a big release party for whatever concoction I came up with at, yeah. at that given week. So yeah. yeah one, of the, one of the crazy ones was that he did the, uh, the cotton candy beer at fringe. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. And they actually, they brought that up for our cancer awareness day Yeah, yeah, here, sure. here in town. Yeah, um, absolutely. That was awesome. Yeah. It was a good. Mm-hmm. Beer. <laughs> I, I, you know what I, I, when I went up to get it the first time I wanted to say I was going to hate it because <laughs> I don't like cotton candy, <laughs> Oh, but I liked the beer. Yeah, that happens. Happens all the time. <laughs> So with me, I like to focus a lot on balance, you know, so it's, it's approachable beers that are crazy, that taste exactly what I say they're going to taste like. But they're, my, my main thing is that it has to be balanced. Um, so it's not offensive to the novice beer drinker yeah. um, at all. You know what I mean? So, so along those lines, kind of what's your, you know, you come up with a recipe or whatever, and you think, I want to do this beer. What's, what's your process like? Where, where does that come from? I'm, you know, you said you worked in the food industry as well. Does, does yeah. that play, play some role in how you are as a brewer? Uh, for sure. Um, I consider myself a beer chef. Um, you know, not a head brewer, not a brewmaster, a beer chef. Um, because what I'm doing is, is creating flavor profiles in my mind and turning that into a reality. Uh, my food background helped out a lot um, with exotic ingredients and flavor combinations for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, my process uh, is kind of, I've developed this, this ability to when I'm writing a recipe on my brewing software, I can literally taste it in my mind. Um, so the ability for me to be able to taste it in my mind before I even brew it, I think is something that kind of, sets me apart uh, when it comes to the weird flavor combinations and stuff like that. Yeah. I keep wondering if this is like, uh, you know, like the old, the old improv comedy standby. Can we get like three people from the audience to throw out some flavors and then you just go make a beer? <laughs> Don't tempt me with a good time. I will, I will do that. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's kind of what Tony does every once in a while at Winship. He'll put out some ingredients on Facebook and, and yeah. he'll go with it. And there've been interesting beers. To say the mm-hmm. least, because people, you know, everybody has their own weird taste. So, I mean, at this at this point, anything can be a beer. I mean, I suppose, right? True. I mean, yeah. If you can think it, you can do it. At this yeah, are point. there I mean, are there flavors that are off limits? Nobody's <laughs> ever asked me that question before. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a challenge to me. Tell me think, something that wouldn't. <laughs> tell me something that wouldn't. That would be off limits, and and I I will do my best to make it drinkable. That's for sure. I saw somebody posted the other just recently, either today or yesterday, uh, um, beets, and that sounds awesome to me. But again, I'm an old man at heart, so you, I like beets. You've never had Crane's beet vice? No. I oh my god. Oh, oh no. God. Oh, you have, Nigel. You got that in that golf bag, man. I, man, I wish I did, bro. I love beets. Uh, you've never had that beer, dude. dude that beer is absolutely amazing. If you, if you like beets, man, it's like drinking dirt. I love I it. I love it. You know, it's amazing. We're going to have to make a trip over there. There just, we go. Because it's, it's seasonal, so it just came out like last it week. It literally just came out. You need to go yeah. get some freshy fresh. Yeah. yeah some, of the, some of the freshies. See my yeah. brain. I, I'm on timing. <laughs> so, 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 Rodney, um, you know, you had the, the whole Jissy Brewer thing. 
and you landed this gig. How did how did that come about? I was recruited um, to interview. Um, John, the owner here, he he really did his due diligence. Um, at the time of him looking for a head brewer, there were, I mean, over over ten different brewers. Some had just um, lost their jobs. Uh, some of their breweries had closed. Um, and I think I had four total interviews here with him uh, before I got the call. So, um, yeah, it was a very, very humbling experience um, and something that I'm extremely proud of. And, uh, yeah, the recruitment process uh, paid off for me in the end. So how long has it been since you've been there? So we turned a year old last month, um, but I had about four months before that. So about a year and a half now. Yeah. Nice. So have you, have you been able to, obviously, you know, you're, you're running your own show basically. Um, yeah, it's just me. This, this is my playground. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's probably different from what you're doing at Colony because that was a smaller system, wasn't it? It was one third of the size of what I'm brewing on now. Yeah. Um, but the equipment there was uh, novice at best. Um, I have moved on to some superior, uh, super professional equipment here that has been able to allow my beers to kind of take the next step, go to the next level. So I guess I guess that's my question. You know, you're in there with you know with the big boy system. If you as, have you learned some things, what how's that? How's the process been over the last fifteen months? You know in this whole new project yeah is there a learning curve from like you said from from a system to system well uh this is going back to um me casting in my karma points to being a gypsy brewer uh i didn't know it at the time but brewing on all those different systems gave me more knowledge about brewing equipment than you could get in probably school you know what i mean every single system is completely different and uh, just being able to know the ins and outs of different systems around town um, made it, when I came here to Three Halves, like, oh, I got this, no problem. Like, let's nice. go, let's start brewing beer. That's, that's awesome. What was the first beer you brewed there? We did just a, like, like a kind of, uh, uh, just a light, just a, it was a civic duty, actually. I had to think about that for a second. Um, it was just uh, meant to be a test beer um, that simple ingredients, very cheap to brew uh, cost-wise. Um, and we did that as our, as our very first pilot batch. Just we we're, were literally going to dump it out um, just to kind of get the process down and everything. Mm. And um, now it is one of our year-round beers, and it's in the can. <laughs> over here and the recipe hasn't changed uh, a lick since since the first time we brewed it so we kind of found uh lightning in a bottle with that one yeah now you guys are north kansas city now liberty way north of kansas city for those who don't know um i would say way north it's only about 15 minutes north well that's not i've been up there it ain't that far but you know it's it's a different part of town what's it been like how's liberty embraced you know three halves brewing well, that's something I, I definitely want to talk about. Um, when we first opened, it was like uh, one of our mottos was that we were going to brew beer for the people of Liberty. 
uh, and what they wanted to drink, right? Uh, so we started off uh, just, we did a lot of market research here in Liberty. We went to all the bars several times, talked to a lot of people, talked to the bartenders, um, definitely went out and had a, a good time several days in a row and, and <laughs> kind of judged what everybody was drinking. And that gave birth to uh, the fir very first two like light beers that I've ever brewed in my life. Um, so Liberty is more uh, blue collar of a city than North Kansas City is or, or, you know, downtown or around the downtown area or what I'm used to. Uh, so we definitely had to gauge uh, the, the community and, and what they wanted first, because as we all know, you, you do your, your, your business as a brewery uh, within, you know, about three miles of the brewery. Every, everybody there, that, that's your neighborhood. That's, that's who we have to cater to. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of a, a shock to the system having to uh, brew some regular beers and, and, and not be all crazy with every single thing that I did. Uh, but then again, that was just another stepping stone uh, for my brewing career. And, and it ultimately made me, uh, you know, level up as a brewer. So. Yeah. Do you think those beers are, are stepping stones for your, your customers too? That like, okay, they like your light beers. And you can get them into Absolutely. some of the... Absolutely, yes. Uh, you don't know how many times a week my bartender's here. Uh, I'll take a bush light or I'll have a Budweiser, you know. And the best thing in the world to me is when somebody comes up, some old, you know, old farmer in, a, in overalls, a Bass Pro Shop hat comes up to Budweiser. I'll take a Budweiser. And, oh, wait, hold on. Let, let me give you this Civic Duty. It's our, it's our light beer. Uh, see if you like it. And then they're like, ah, no, I'm not going to like that. But then they taste it and their face lights up. And going back to that as a home brewer, when you see somebody's face light up, it's, it's so rewarding. And um, that, that part's rewarding, but the, the most rewarding part of that whole process is when they, or, they come up and they order a second one. Right, after right. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you got, you got to be versatile, um, especially when relocating uh, to a more um, rural community. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a challenge, and it's been ridiculously fun. And uh, Nick's out of beer, so. Uh, mystery beer number two. Yeah, all right. What is uh just technically speaking as a brewer? Not you, you know, you you've been around at different breweries. You've done the gypsy thing. You're at this. You're at three halves now. Technically, what's the hardest type for you style? I guess for you to nail. What do you think takes the most skill? I think I'm about to find that out tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, because tomorrow I embark on. Uh, a journey that I have never embarked on before, and that is brewing lager. So right. we're brewing lager tomorrow for the very first time. And by we, I mean I. <laughs> so you've never done one? <laughs> I've never brewed a lager uh, in my life. No. Uh, I know the ins and outs. I've done years worth of research on it. I know exactly how to do it. I have just always been an ale-type brewer. Right. And um, going back to to what we're brewing, and we're brewing for the community here, uh, they want a lager. So we're going to see uh, how plain and awesome and crisp uh, 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 American lager can be from Three Halves. Uh, and then once I nail that, that first recipe down, 
then we're going to get into the, the, the Rodney specials on the loggers. Uh, <laughs> then you're going to see how you can screw it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. What do we got here? What we got there. Restless soul, French toast. From service. From service. I know you like French toast, so. Fanboy. Awesome. <laughs> That's for you. I'm jealous I'm not there with you guys. You know? <laughs> you know, normally that would be the case, but thanks to fucking COVID, it's like, you know. We're going we're gonna to get out, okay. though. As soon, as soon as they let us. We're hitting all the time. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're going to come and do uh, live at Tapper, so that's our goal. You guys are welcome here whenever you want to be here, man. Abs- absolutely. Hey, do your kids think it's cool that you're a brewer? They do. Uh, and, you know, they help me weigh stuff out. You know, they help me spray the hose on stuff. They, they enjoy being around it. And um, one thing I wanted to touch on uh, since you brought that up, Nigel, is that uh, it, it's also teaching them a very responsible ethic towards alcohol. Yes. Like they see the, the, the scene here at the brewery when they're here, nobody's drunk. There's no woo girls in here. Like <laughs> everybody's having nice conversations over awesome beers. Right. And it, it really, I think that, that, that sentiment is definitely going to echo in their minds as they grow older uh, to where you know, you don't have to have 15 natty lights in a night to have a good time. You can right. have, have a few craft beers, you know, when they get older. Um, so yeah, I, I hope, I hope that they are brewers themselves when they get older, either on a homebrew scale or, right. or otherwise. And I would absolutely love to help them in that journey too. That's awesome. fun. Nick, what do we got here? What is it? What is it? French toast. It smells like French toast. Actually. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's like, <laughs> I just had breakfast. Yeah. I just had the best breakfast I've had in months. That's actually really good. That is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. <laughs> What's the ADD on that and that bad boy? It's probably eight. 8%. Yeah, 8%. Very nice. Yep. Perfect little sip. Now, I mean, now, now, now the, the graphic design nerded me. I, I, I don't like that you can't really read the text there on that. Well, that, yeah, that, well there's that. So, Roddy, you kind of, you've been in the Kansas City brew scene for a while. Um, yeah, I think of, I'm going on eight eight years now. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you've you've pretty much been part of the growth of it. I mean, you've probably been to other cities. You know, we talk about this in all, the, all on all our episodes. What's what's your what's your what's your view of what Kansas City has become beer wise in the last few years? Relevant. Um, yeah. <laughs> as, yeah. To, <laughs> as to where we like weren't, uh, we weren't uh, very relevant. Um, until about you know five years ago really um we're we're, what a lot of people don't understand is we are in our infancy stage literally um i mean i i personally know two or three breweries that are uh have plans on opening um Mm -hmm. and there's probably more than that uh soon but uh, with with the COVID stuff, it, it it really knocked everybody's plans, and I hope it doesn't deter them from opening uh, in the future. But uh, yeah, we are in our infancy stages here, and and just to be able to witness the growth is is nothing short of incredible. Um, I saw a, a town, uh, North Kansas City, go from absolutely nothing, and then you plant a brewery here, there, and then there, here comes another one, and then there's a third one. 
And then you saw the city grow around these breweries. Right. And I, I, I still think that North Kansas City's growth is, is largely in part to the breweries that are planted yeah. there. Absolutely. You know, yeah, if you go 10, 12, 15 years ago around there in North Kansas City, nothing. <laughs> nothing, right? I mean, you had, you had smoking guns, right? It, it, even at that. And you had a few dive bars there, you know, and yeah. that, that was it. You know, I, I remember going to a bar called Chip Shop there back in yes. the day. Um, <laughs> and they had $5 bottomless cup night it was like a kegger party that they were throwing there <laughs> you know but uh yeah the city's come a long way man and and i'm like largely in part to breweries i think well you know i'll ask you this question i know you probably don't get out that much because you're a brewer <laughs> yeah you know what i'm saying but before yeah, yeah. when you were like when you could actually get get around you know you know you have to give me a favorite who who were you digging like around kansas city uh, well, like now or, 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 or whenever, I mean, just in general and right, right now, that's fine. I haven't seen you in public in God knows how long. So there's that. I know it's, it's been a hot minute, but, um, <laughs> you know, my, my, some of my favorites, um, in, in the city, uh, it's largely due to, uh, atmosphere, uh, beer quality and not saying that I don't absolutely love everybody, but, um, you know, Casual Animals, one of my favorites because it's downtown around a whole bunch of things. Uh, Kyle and them over there are awesome people. Yeah. Diametric, um, man, they feel like family to me every time I go up there. So they're, they're, and they're, they're pushing right. the envelope, they're, they're they're right. pushing the envelope <laughs> on a lot of their stuff. So um, close contact with those guys. Um, I absolutely love going to the Boulevard Beer Hall, taking yeah. out of counters there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's such an impressive ordeal there and and they they are just crushing it um yeah one-off beers and stuff like that yeah uh, i mean the list goes on and on i, I don't want to leave anybody out but um that's normally when i get out of liberty i head straight towards the downtown crossroads area um so that's where i spend most of my time yeah yeah i mean i mean for me it's like if you're opening, I'm going to come see you. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. You know, so, I mean, you know, and that's the thing about Kansas City Beer, you know, if you if you start, you know, that, and we talk about this, the thing I hate is when people judge a brewery immediately when they first open. I'm like. Oh, yeah, that that's know. played out. No, yeah, I think I'm that's like, played out. Man. Yeah, so the people that do that, I you know, I give them the side eye. But, you know, <laughs> you know, I want all the boats to rise, you know what I'm saying? So I think everybody that, that's has kind of what. But that also goes back to one of my personal mottos. I have a few personal mottos, but one of them is uh, if you brew it, they will come. If you right. brew it well, they will come back. Oh, shit, so, yeah. We need to put uh, that on a t-shirt. That, that's got to be a shirt. <laughs> By the way, we're just going to throw that out now. Beers with Niger merch coming soon. Yeah, We'll give you full credit for that, bro. Awesome. I'll take I'll take royalties too. That's cool. <laughs> no, that, that, that'll be on that shirt, and we'll, have, we'll put your signature on the bottom of it. Oh, yeah, Rodrigo Bigal. <laughs> hey, where do where do you like to go? Um, you know, outside of Kansas City, when if you're if you're traveling, you know, you said you like to go to to the Boulder area, yeah, out in Colorado fairly regularly. You know, what what are you liking to hit beer wise outside? Well, I I think that I have a lot in common with a lot of other head brewers, and um, 
bless our families for understanding this and going along with it. Uh, but we our, our vacations usually are centered around our our brewery hit. You know, where which ones are we going to, and what can we fit in in between the brewery stops? You know, um, so I just I love going to St. Louis. They have a great brew scene, and it's close, and it's you know cheap to get there and back. Um, I just got back from Chicago. Um, you know, I go to Colorado four or five times a year. Um, and that's just an unlimited supply of, of breweries out there. Right. Um, but I also last year, uh, went to Memphis and, uh, New Orleans and Arkansas and Omaha. And, you know, it's, it's awesome to get outside of the city and, and, and really see what everybody else is doing. Uh, because every once in a while you'll, you'll find something and you'll stumble on an idea or, or a premise yeah. or shit, even a decoration in a, in a, in a, uh, beer hall or, or tap room that you're like, damn, that's awesome. We should right. bring that back to Kansas city. Uh, so my ears and eyes are always open wherever I go and everywhere I go, I usually stop at a brewery or two. So. <laughs> what do you think, uh, what do you think Kansas city has to do? Cause you, you said, Colorado that's unlimited supply right but that's I mean that's been a hub of craft beer for a long long time what is what does a place like Kansas City have to do to kind of get to that point uh I I personally would never want it to get to that point here <laughs> uh, we, we we have not, not for like monetary purposes or anything like that but um we have this kind of a a heartland feel, kind of a true Midwest feel here um, to where, uh, yes, we could use 20, 40, 60 more breweries here, um, but there's definitely pockets of the city that need them, uh, that they would thrive in. Um, and like Belton's getting a brewery and, right. and, you know, so many of these little surrounding areas Odessa. of the city, Odessa. Yeah. Hutchison, you know, right. Sandhills out there. That's yeah, where they started. Yeah. Like, it. I, I love seeing these breweries pop up in little cities because normally and, and and frequently you will see a growth in that entire city just Based from a brewery. presence of a brewery. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I mean that's one of my things. When you go to some of these weird towns, you're like, "Oh, there's a brewery here. What the hell?" <laughs> I gotta ask you since you've had some travels. And New Orleans is my my favorite city ever. What what did you go in any place you went to sit out in New Orleans? Uh, New Orleans was the one place I did not go to a brewery. Um, well, but I went I went to uh, a couple of different craft beer bars and got to try a lot of the local fare that way. Yeah. Did you go to the Avenue? Uh, did you go to Avenue Pub? I did. Yes. Yes. Yes, that's, bro. That's my favorite tap room <laughs> ever, bro. 24 hours they don't close <laughs> i thought that was well, all of new orleans i mean not, not not all the places in new orleans but that that was the one beer place that had good beer that didn't close i was like this is the thing when i lived there i was like oh my god <laughs> new orleans <laughs> new orleans if i'm being honest with you new orleans was kind of a blur well, I, was there, <laughs> I was there for like two two days or, or a little bit less than two days yeah that wasn't long enough no i have stayed a trip Stayed at the casino right off. Oh yeah, right yeah, you, yeah, you did. You did it all wrong, bro. <laughs> I have had trips to New Orleans that are blur. There's a few I remember pretty well, but yeah, yeah. yeah. New Orleans can be dangerous. Well, up until this year, um, I've been to 
the last 12 out of 13 Mardi Gras. So, you know. Well, you oh, don't dang. count as missing this year because it didn't happen. Well, no, it happened this year. It was like a COVID outbreak, but, you know, anyway, we, we, we digress. <laughs> so, you have, you know, you, you brew a lot of styles. Is there yeah. something that you gravitate towards to, like, drink? What do you like? Yes. Um, I love, I mean, the more and more weird beers I drink, the more and more um, simple beers I like to consume on a regular basis. Isn't that so, crazy? That's yeah, I mean, it's my job. Is. It's my job to to analyze beers all day long. And, and when I go home at night or when I go over to the corner bar next door, which is a little dive bar, been around for 60 years. Um, I'm going to really freak you guys out right here. Uh, the beer that's always in my fridge is Natty Light. Um, oh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's literally just a beer that I don't have to think about and I can right. have, you know, five or eight of them and not be hammered drunk. Right. Um, it's just a nice wind down beer. And I, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Mine, mine would be uh, uh Miller high life. Uh, if if, if yeah. I actually kept beer at my house, well, you do now. Well, I've got a few, but it's, yeah, it's, I don't need to keep beer. I live next to a brewery. You know that Rodney, I live next door to grains and taps. You know what I'm saying? I don't yeah. Need- do you drink it out of a champagne flute is the question. <laughs> <laughs> You know Actually, he's, he has he has a, uh, a Miller's Miller's High Life uh, fountain, oh, <laughs> like the chocolate oh, fountain, but it's beer. Pipes right in. Got yeah, it. He's, he's he's classy. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like a wedding reception all night long at Nigel's house. Uh, it's a terrible wedding reception because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't do it. Yeah. You know, I tell you what, it, it, it might have been like um, Betsy and, and, and Taylor's wedding reception, which was pretty epic when they got married a few weeks ago. I need to finish their video. I shot their wedding and I haven't, I haven't edited the video yet. So sorry. I was there. I had a blast, man. That was awesome. That's what I'm saying. It was fucking epic. It's a great spot, too. And there was lots of, uh, we snuck in beers to the reception. That was pretty awesome. That does not seem like one that would be uh, lacking in the the booze department. But you have to understand where it was. Was it was it uh, what country club was it? Rivera Lake. Yeah. Uh, so it was it was yeah. fancy. It was fancy, fancy AF. Pants. Fancy AF. <laughs> was your yeah. pinky up the entire night? The whole night. So I was that guy. I hadn't worn you know pants. I was like, well, I got. I'm shooting a wedding. I should go put on pants. And then people showed up in shorts. I was like, fuck. <laughs> Wait, didn't I see you change out of your pants into I shorts? Did, bro, as soon as the ceremony was over, I went to my car and changed back into shorts. <laughs> yes, sir. That is I knew awesome. it. I guess I, guess I have seen you in, in, uh, recently. I forgot about that. That was the last time, yeah. Yeah, because I had to babysit uh, Alex. Uh, shout out to Alex Workman. Hey, um, <laughs> so one of the things we always talk about on this podcast is like diversity in beer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, tap rooms, your staff, whatever. Um, what would be your take on? Because I mean, you you see the beer scene here is mostly white and mostly male. What do you think we need to do as people who love the craft beer scene, and we want to make it more diverse? Does that ever, you know, come across your mind as you know we should probably make this a little more diverse? generally in, in all around Kansas City. What you, you think about that much? I, yeah, I mean, especially with this year and everything that's happening with everything going on. Um, absolutely. I, I personally think it starts with um, 
education and accessibility. Um, the more, the merrier, the more breweries in the more cities, um, the better as far as that stuff goes. Uh, our staff is half uh, male, half female. Um, but other than that, you know, um, try trying to, I, I don't know, it, it, it doesn't cross my mind that much uh, because of, of how much fun we're having doing this and everything like that. But uh, it's, it's starting to happen and you can see it uh, across social media platforms and, and there's different organizations that are that are trying to drive that happening there's uh the homebrewing community is also very involved in that sort of um upbringing of of more inclusion and everything and i just you know i'm, I'm the type of guy that doesn't see color of skin whatsoever so i it doesn't really cross my mind that often right. to tell you the truth yeah. you, you talked about accessibility though that was one that was one of the words that you you put out there do you think it is do you think we should kind of make ourselves think about it more? And, I, and by say by by ourselves, I'm saying you know you and I that look like we do. Um, I mean, should we should we think about it more? About you know, hey, when we go hire, let's think about that. When we we add staff, when it's time for you to get an assistant brewer, should you think about that? Even even recruiting. I know, like you, you know, you're in the Liberty area, which is what eighty. 90% white people, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, but, but I mean, is that, is that things that we should think about more? I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess so. Uh, to me, like I said, it's, it's, it's more of just a, who wants it more. Um, I don't see color of skin when I, when I go to, to do my hiring and all that stuff. And uh, it just, you know, fact of the matter is, is that we don't get a lot of applicants um uh people of color or, or anything like that and uh but if we did i mean it wouldn't it's nothing to us i mean it, we don't it's not it's not a big deal as long as they want to do it they're hungry for it and right. um yeah i don't know do, do you think um because i've been hearing this on other podcasts that you know like like you said you don't get a lot of candidates how about um experience wise how much how is how how important is that let's say you wanted to hire somebody that that, that is going to serve or you know help you mill grain or whatever mm-hmm. uh, you want to uh, you know it's, it's a curious conversation with myself would you do you it's nice to have somebody with experience but it's also nice to take somebody and mold them into something you know what i'm saying does that make sense absolutely um experience doesn't really matter to us um here and like I was just saying, it, it's just about the love for for the craft. Um, I would much rather have uh, somebody that's brand new to it. Yeah. Um, so, like you say, you can you you can teach them your ways, and they're not stuck in a different way, right. or they don't they don't have uh, you know habits that need to be, bad habits that need to be broken or anything like that. Um, no, I, I am fully willing and actually prefer to teach people from the ground up. Uh, with with my knowledge and how I do things, if they're going to work here at our brewery here, so. Nigel, you've talked about like though there are there are a lot of people of color who just aren't in the scene, right? They just haven't right. been because they don't because they don't know they don't know they haven't been invited right. they haven't do it. So so I'm going to go back to the 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 two words access and education. 
you know, what can we do? And, and you know, Rodney and Nigel, both of you answer this one. What can we do though to to invite more, to let to 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 make pe- more people aware that there's there are opportunities that you can you can learn this new thing from the ground up. You can get into this industry. This is you know this is the, there are accessible opportunities. Hey, I, I, I don't know about you, Roddy, but you know you think about I've been a beer drinker for years, right? Mm-hmm. I've never really thought about well, how's it made and who's back there making it. <laughs> You know, it's it's not one of those things you even consider. You but know? I think that's what's different about the craft beer world, right? Is like you become friends with the brewers, you become friends with the people that run that tap room. True, but I think on on the craft beer level, I still think we talk about this. It's very, it's still a niche. Most people are still drinking Natty Light. <laughs> you, you know what I'm hey, saying? Hey, don't knock it. Don't knock it. I'm not knocking it, but my 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 point is, you know, like I said, last when I was in England two years ago craft beer scene there is amazing huge mm-hmm. but how huge is it when i see a guy walking down the street with a suitcase of budweiser it it's it maybe it's huge to me because i'm seeking it out but if you don't if you don't know you don't notice you know you don't notice it you know what i'm saying if you've never seen a ferrari it drives by it's not going to turn your head well, that's a great right. car you know so i think i think it's still going to turn your head you think so <laughs> some people some people know it, it was it, Honestly, I think that it might uh, kind of start off with like homebrew clubs. Um, yeah. It's kind of the first thing that came to my mind. Uh, it, you know, having friends invite friends to homebrew clubs yeah. and, and get, get their hands dirty a little bit and see if they, you know, like the process of making the product too. Um, yeah. That and then also, you know, social media is huge. Uh, we Social media doesn't, I mean, when you, when you pinpoint demographics, on, on Facebook per se, they, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't, you don't pick a color. I mean, it's just a, a, a radius around your brewery right. and an age demographic. It doesn't, you right. don't pick a color of skin. Right. So maybe, uh, one thing that breweries can do a little, be a, be a little better about is, 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 uh, you know, their social media outreach, uh, in the surrounding areas, uh, just to let people know that, Hey, we're here. Yeah. I mean, I mean, again, if you, I don't, I don't know you're there unless I'm told or you tell me or I see it someplace. So well, I mean, that's fair. And I think what it comes down to really is at this point, any and all efforts are efforts. Ab- right? Yeah, absolutely. They're all new efforts. Let's, let's do more. We've got, I've got an effort for you. You got one more? The third. <laughs> hey, I'm going to go grab myself a beer. Hold on. You, you can. We'll allow it. Survey says. I need to get me a three half shirt. Those are badass. That's pretty cool. Well, that one, that's a special bag. Look, let's see if it has a handle on it. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait for a reveal. <laughs> well, I'll drink my jam band. Uh, junior, we're drinking jam band. Junior! <laughs> Did you get the same beer? What'd you get? Beauty, beauty of uh, canning your own beer at the brewery, um, which we just started to do a few months back, is that every canning run, you'll have a few... Uh, what we call low fills. Low fills. Oh yeah. And and these are just uh, beers that come off the line that are just a few like grams short of what they need to be to be completely yeah. full. While we're yeah. getting it, while we're getting the canning line tuned in. Uh, and right, they're beautiful say, beers. Dare I say beers with beagle? Beers with beagle. <laughs> there we go. Hey. <laughs> hey, let's not invite competition. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna open this one up. What do we All got right. in here? 
So this one's in a special brown paper bag because it has handles. I mean, this is classic. Yeah, that's classic. Yeah, that's classic. That's fancy. What we got there? Peanut butter chocolate. There we go. We should. Do we save a little jam band? I mean, we. I mean, we can. You've never had that. I haven't had this one. No. So that was a gift from Four Hands. Yeah. The so, absence of light. Uh, no, this is the uh, peanut butter chocolate milk stout from Four Hands. Yes. Yeah, oh, okay. It's, no, it is absence of light. Oh, no, it is. Right. <laughs> I um, thought I recognized. By the way, it. that's the the smaller portion of their <laughs> typography is the name. Right, of the beer. right, right. <laughs> they got to get those buzzwords out there, you know. So um, that one was. Uh, is this uh, Lenny Blue? Yeah, Le- Lenny told me to uh, to bring that to you. So I had a I had a little. We have some friends of ours that are living their best lives. They're in one of those. Um, What's they, that? they have they bought an airstream three years ago an airstream uh camper and they are traveling yeah. the country and they travel the country and um they were they happened to be in st louis and we the, we had we had danner on the show last time we were talking about uh street sodi we couldn't get mm-hmm. him brought mm-hmm. you he brought me two crowds of that shit i was like yeah man is it god <laughs> we drank one crowd of the brewery i shared it i shared it at the brewery of course actually i shared both of them i don't yeah. i like to share beer so 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 Ronnie, what's the plan? You guys are canning. Are you guys going to distribute? What's the story? Uh, right now, all of our canned beer is um, available here at the tap room. We got a big three door reaching cooler uh, that's jam packed full of a hundred cases of beer. Uh, we're offering four different beers right now, uh, which are kind of like our four year rounders, and then we also have a, a mixed six pack. Where am I at? Right here. I got them up on that keg over there. Um, so the four packs on top, uh, it's one of each beer. And then we're also offering six packs of 12 ounce cans uh, of the four year round beers. So this is it's a jumping off point. Um, right. System system size right now uh, isn't it's not capable of uh, producing, you know, um, the amount needed to to service an area. So we are in plans and we have been in plans and we're might be nearing some finality of uh, maybe some super exciting stuff coming up. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. That's cool. So, so for those who have never been, <laughs> been to been to Liberty, I downtown Liberty is fucking awesome. I think it's great. If you, if you were going to des- describe three halves brewing and what somebody could expect when they come to your brewery um, vibe, um, space, beer, what would you, if I said, Hey, Rodney, I've never been there. Why should I come to three hats? First and foremost, the family atmosphere that we provide. Um, we are tremendously lucky, uh, to be two businesses under one roof here in downtown Liberty. Uh, we share a space with, uh, what just got named, uh, the champion of the barbecue and uh, flat, I believe it was Flatland. Uh, yeah, they, they beat LCs, didn't they? They beat Q39 and LCs and Jack Stack and everybody yeah. uh, in this public voting thing. So, Jousting Pig uh, Barbecue is a craft barbecue uh, restaurant that is right here underneath our roof. Um, they have an might get killed for this, but literally top three barbecue in all of Kansas City. I'd it's agree. absolutely unreal how good their food is. And they're starting to get some accolades, starting to win some rewards. And and what better than craft barbecue and craft beer under one Hello. spot? Yeah. So 
you, you get the best of both worlds when you walk in here. Uh, we have giant uh, 20 foot ceilings, exposed brick, um, uh, wrap around bar. We have a giant patio out back that's right next to the smoker and the smokehouse. Uh, so it's, man, it's, it's like a little slice of heaven coming up here to downtown Liberty. What's, what's it been like for you? I mean, you've been there a while. I mean, you got to be pretty proud, pretty, I mean, you, you said you kind of feel like you're blessed and lucky and. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's been a. Yeah. It's been a whirlwind. I know to the grindstone. Um, I really wish that this year wouldn't have transpired the way it has. Right. Uh, because I would really like to get out and get to some beer fests and spread our name a little bit more. But our media team has been doing such a good job with all of our video production and, and posting and really drawing a crowd. I mean, even through the quarantine, we were doing to-go only curbside stuff, and we were keeping up, man. I mean, we we haven't we haven't really faltered that much, uh, despite the consequences. Yeah. I mean, despite the the pandemic and everything, uh, we're cruising right along. You know, my, my buddy Kenny was in town mid COVID, right around when Blarney was supposed to happen. He was coming anyway, so he came, he came up. I said, "We're gonna go to three halves." So. <laughs> We were hoping the patio was open, so so we got we got to go beers and barbecue and sat in my car and ate it. And Roddy came out and hollered at us. Like, <laughs> yeah, was that was awesome. awesome. I feel like people have been really, really awesome about supporting the breweries and the local restaurants. And and I mean, like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it's the same year to year comparison, but I think it's I think it's really helped a lot of restaurants and breweries that might not have made it through. I, th- I think Rodney will agree. The Kansas City beer community is fucking amazing. I mean, I mean, if you just look at the uh, the Together We Can event, that's what I was going. That's what I was going to I mean, next. Dude, just that's, if you that's look where at I that. was going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. The, correct me if I'm wrong, Nigel. Um, we haven't. Kansas City hasn't lost one brewery through this, have they? No, not at all. I mean, we've gained. And that some. is extreme. That is extremely impressive. We've, and that, we've yeah, gained that, some. Two or three, right? right that have <laughs> right. opened. Jesus right. Christ. That's mind blowing. Like yeah. nimble down in the crossroads yep. and, and Pathlight. Pathlight opened um, up and the other transparent. Transparent. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's mind blowing, you know. But one thing people need during a pandemic and during a, a rough time in their life is beer. So, Drinks. you know, Drinks. we chose the right profession. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not going to say anything out loud, but, you know, my consumption of, of beverages may have increased greatly during COVID. I think you just but, said that out loud. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> was that out loud? No, it was out loud. Huh. I didn't mean to do that. And that's fair. Because, you know, for me, I just wanted to support the local. I had more Absolutely. beer. I had more beer in my refrigerator. And I, I never had beer around me, ever. Because people mm-hmm. come to my house, they're pissed off. You don't have any beer. I'm like, um. Let's you, go next door yeah. <laughs> or bring your own. How about that? I made it a personal uh, thing of mine. And I, and I encourage everybody that I'm around at all times to do the same thing, uh, especially during these times. And since the, the quarantine started and everything, do not eat anywhere. That's not a local place. Do not drink anywhere. That's not a local place. Support what you love and keep them around. Absolutely. What are you cuveting there? Uh, yeah. uh, that's jam band. And absence of light. An absence of light. Uh, a little peanut butter jelly action. Peanut butter jelly time. Love it. <laughs> I, actually, I was I was just pausing. I was gonna see if you could do the whole thing. Peanut butter jelly, <laughs> and they fall back. <laughs>
Where he at? Where he at? Where he at? <laughs> See, I knew that was coming. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Peter Buttigieg. Peter Buttigieg. Peter Buttigieg with a baseball bat. Perfection. Perfection. So the 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 uh, the unidentified can there. What was that for Junior's benefit? I'm drinking um, Desert Gold. It's our light wheat. Junior. Yep. Desert Gold. Junior, that was for you. We're gonna we're gonna send him up there to you. Um, Desert Gold was named after a silo explosion. Oh, is that um, right? That that happened. Yeah, a grain silo blew up in 1978 here in Liberty, oh. uh, actually injuring a few people and and killing Those a few scary, people. Man. And uh, we decided to name a beer after it because it's part of Liberty's history. So Desert nice. Gold. This is Desert Gold Feed Company is the name of the gotcha. company. So, so your beer names, are they, are they, I, I know you guys are really into the Liberty community and, you know, trying to do a lot of things that might be relatable to them. Um, is that the deal with uh, the naming or where, where are you coming up with the names? So definitely when it came to uh, our year-round beers that we're going to have on tap at all time, we wanted to tap into the local history. Um, we have our Stick'em Up Stout, which is named after the bank that is Caddy Corner to us, um, which was Jesse James's first bank robbery um, at this bank to this just right here. So it's the Stick'em Up Stout. We got the Desert Gold about the silo explosion. Um, the Civic Duty is because we're right across the street from City Hall. Um, so we kind of paid homage to that that way. Right. And the Cannonball Pale Ale is another one. Uh, we're at the Liberty the Liberty uh, Bend um, of the of the river. Right. And when they when the ships the old time ships were a mile up the the river, they would fire a cannonball off to let the dock workers know that they were coming. Um, so gotcha. those are our four year rounders that we named after Liberty. But uh, that being said. With our one-off beers and, our, and, our, and, the, and the fun stuff that we do, uh, we get pretty crazy with our names. Um, we have a double dry hop, double hazy pale ale on tap right now. That's called oh, Unicornosaurus wow. Rex. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I did a little drawing for it and everything. Um, and <laughs> we have a lot of fun. We've named beers after uh, Monty Python, after the show Letterkenny, uh, after South Park. Um, just all sorts of crazy stuff. I do have a. Awesome. I, I do have I'm a. Hit pause. Okay. I actually have to go outside. What is I'll let you bring it home. Apparently, somebody just hit my car in the parking lot. Oh well, go for it. So I'm gonna step out. I'm gonna let Nigel bring this home. We just had some drama on on the podcast. That's first. That's what happens when you get a window at the studio. Um, somebody hits. Well, that was nice of him to come and tell you. Oh, hold on. Well, Rodney. <laughs> We're going out. And then there were two. Right. <laughs> we're going out with a car accident. I mean, that was nice of him. It was pretty weird because I kept looking over there because we've got a big window. You can kind of see it. And she had a post-it note and was putting it in the window. I'm like, what is she, what is does she need beer? What I, I, <laughs> I was like, does she want to come? Does she want to, you know, be a guest star? I don't know. <laughs> it was a, it was weird, but apparently that's a first. Actually, we oh, had man. we did one of these outside in buddy of ours driveway um in front of a bonfire on a main street in, in downtown lee summit and one of our buddies just pulled up in his truck into the driveway and was kind of on the show so that's the, this is this is nothing nothing unusual so I, I bought it i bought a used car um like five six days ago and the night i got it i parked it outside of my house here in liberty 
And I came out in the morning and the bumper was hanging off of it. Somebody had hit my car the day after I bought it. Damn. So it was horrible. They so I feel this pain. I feel Nick's pain right now. They didn't leave a note apparently, huh? Nothing. No. Some bitches. Some bitches. Yeah, no. Whatever. What can hey, you bro, do? I appreciate you coming on, man. Um, mm -hmm. Thanks I've for having a, me, man. I've been a fan of yours for from day one. You've always been an awesome dude. Awesome ambassador to Kansas City Beer. You make killer That's beers. I'm, I'm super happy that you got that gig and it's fucking going awesome. Um, I wish you the best of luck. Tell people where they can find you and like three halves on the social medias. Yeah, we're just at three halves brewing co.com. Um, same thing across all platforms. Uh, we have a terrific, terrific media team that's working on our, our Facebook analytics and, and our video recording. And we're doing some super fun videos go on our page, you know, click on the video or the photo section. You won't be disappointed. Um, as a matter of fact, we even, uh, there was a, a nationwide um, seminar that was on today uh, in the craft brewing industry. And our media team was selected out of every brewery in the United States to be on display and as an example of why you need, you know, video production in your social media campaigns and how relevant that is. And they backed it up with so many stats and everything. It was awesome. Right. So check out our Facebook page. You won't be disappointed. There's a lot of cool content on there. I mean, full disclosure, as a video production guy, um, what you guys are doing, I'm a bit jealous. <laughs> I, I, you know, because you're right. Every, every brewery needs that sort of slick production and yeah. you guys are the only ones that do it. They, they, they were, they're calling us. <laughs> they can't. So it was a seminar out of, out of Denver. And today they were calling us, um, you know, this, this little two man brewery in, you know, rural Missouri. Um, <laughs> but, but their video production makes it look like they're on, on food network. You know what I mean? So uh, the relevance is definitely there. 2020 is definitely uh, the jumping off point and even COVID itself has, has sprung a new generation of video production uh, yeah. who, where who, it doesn't go ahead. No, it's like, who, who, who's doing your video production? Um, stamina, stamina, stamina studios. Um, they're out of the crossroads. Uh, they're on Southwest Boulevard. Um, if you're familiar with the local clothing company made mob, right. Um, they're kind of partners with them, uh, run out of the same building, uh, phenomenal guys that our, our videographer, he used to shoot, um, music videos for strange, strange music, tech nine and all them. Oh, nice. Uh, so the guy, I mean, he's got a drone, he's got, you know, thousands of dollars worth of equipment yeah. and man, they're worth it. Yeah. Shout, shout out to them. Cause they, they're, they're killing it. So for those who watch this and hear this. You know, if you want some some dope ass videos, I'm telling you, mm -hmm. go check out the 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 three halves page because I'm telling you, every time I see one, uh, you kind of you know you kind of have were kind of a little bit of a fledging video. You used to do the uh, when you were at Connie, you used to do the uh, the YouTube shits that were I always thought were dope. <laughs> you, you know, just did this beer, blah blah blah. I mean, you're, yeah, you're, we, you're kind of a natural, bro. Well, no, that was my practice for this because like uh, we had a, a an intern. A college intern that had a camera and knew some 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 video editing skills, and she came an intern for us as our media 
Sorry, it was a, it was <laughs> yeah, a low one. Kinda, that was kind of weird. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it, we took I took that same format from back then and, and kind of applied it with with our new team, and they added some crazy graphics to it and like cutouts and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, but yeah, it was it, Colony was practice for him. No, it was fucking dope. That, that you know. Every once in a while, because I, I think at one point I subscribed to them, so they'll pop up. I'm like, oh, it's Ronnie back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> I go back and watch them sometimes, too, just to yeah. see how cring- cringy it was and, and you know, how, how, how much better that Army team's doing. So, so we're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get closure to the car accident because Nick's coming back in. Okay. So, so I'm curious to know. Yeah, everybody's curious to know. Are we all curious? It's, yeah. I mean, you were. You went out there. You've missed, you've missed a whole whole good part of this podcast. The best part, you missed it. <laughs> Don't tell him what we were talking about. No, he, he'll have to watch. All right. <laughs> well, we, you know, we don't edit. That we, we don't edit. So that's, that's one of the things that shows we don't edit. I've edited one time. Shout out to Des Jones. She knows why. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Des. And shout out to Des, jo- Des Jones being the, you know, the first black female assistant brewer in Kansas City history. You know, she's at... Uh, it's a torn label. You know Des? I didn't know that. No. Yeah, bro. For the last couple of months, she's assistant brewer over there. Just got. I had no day. idea. Yeah. No. Nope. You should probably awful. go back. And, you should probably go back and watch that podcast. By the way, some of my favorite artwork on labels is from the, from torn label. Torn label. Yeah. Love that stuff. Yeah. That they do. So so what's the what's the, story the car's with fine. The car? Car's fine. Uh, a Jeep Cherokee backed into it a little bit. A little scratch on the bumper, but not. I'm not worried. Did about you? It. Did they give you like fifty dollars or what they do? Well, I'm not going to tell you how much I scammed out of them. <laughs> like, you're like, you're going to buy my beer for the next month, <laughs> motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm either going to need cash or a lot of gift cards from the brewery down the street. Right. <laughs> hey, Rodney, again, bro. Appreciate yeah. it. Man. Um, Thank you. I'm going to drag him up there sometime because he doesn't get out that much. Please um, do. First, first round. Because COVID me, ruins sure. everything. No, no. We, the, we go up there and, and have like a you can you get a two-hour window. Go up there, get some barbecue, have some beers. Uh, by the way, yeah, I, we're we're definitely practicing uh, extreme, you know, distancing and masks all the time here. Uh, we're allowed to operate at fifty percent capacity, and we're doing so very wisely. We haven't had one complaint uh, to the to the health department or anything since this all started. We're taking it very seriously here. No, so, no doubt, that's awesome. Well, and and look, look, both the brewery and the barbecue have been on my list for a little while now. Yeah, we need to get him out. So I need to get up there. Yeah, you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't come try some of Jeff's. You know, I, have a, I have a little bit of trouble sometimes driving all the way to Canada, but, you know, I'll, I'll get there. I'll drive, <laughs> motherfucker. Really? Wow. <laughs> now he has no excuse. I said I'd drive. Oh, anyway. Canada. No, no. We're not that far away. Yeah. I tease. I tease. So um, for those who are uninitiated, this is Beers with Nigel, a podcast about beers and other stuff presented by dire oil graphics downtown lee summit for your graphics needs t-shirts stickers what else do they do anything promotional anything you want promotional items any promotional material you want some swag for your business for your brewery if you see this the, the beers with nigel sticker oil graphics. you got a place we can put the sticker i got a beers with nigel sticker i need to bring up there don't they sponsor the bloody brew off too they are sponsors of the plug. See, look at that. Yeah. See, he knows that. Yeah. They're famous already. Absolutely. <laughs> I recognize the name. So I'm going to bring you some stickers. We're going to stick them on your cooler or wherever you put your stickers. So anyway. There's stickers everywhere in here, man. Is there? Yeah. <laughs> and 
The Beers with Nigel podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and most any of your favorite podcast apps. You can even do this one. Alexa, play the Beers with Nigel podcast. And don't forget on Facebook, the, the, the video version, which is always the best version. Well, I don't know about the best. I, I mean, if, if, if you want to see Rodney's lovely face, you should probably watch the video I mean, version. watch it for Rodney. Don't watch it for me. I mean, that's why the camera's all the way back here. Right. <laughs> like we, we keep the camera at a distance for a big reason. Yeah. When we, when we get a better camera, it's going to be close up. Rodney, your face. Anyway. Anyway, your Rodney. face! Peace, my brother. All right, Thanks, man. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Uh, awesome. We'll see you guys soon, okay? Like I said, first round's on me when you come. Gotcha. Come on up. We'll, we will be there. You have been listening to Beers with Nigel, a show about beer and other stuff, hosted by Nigel Woodbury and that other guy, Nick Parker. Beers with Nigel is a proud member of the Fredcast Network, and it's available on your favorite podcast apps. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Beers with Nigel.